Cliff said, don't take selfies every time you run. That was his tip. So... <laughs> <laughs> now, it's really encouraging to me to hear that a lot of you have already done this, that you're further on this journey. Um, and you can learn a lot, can't you, from the experience of others. Now, um, amazingly, we're not going to be talking about me getting fit. We're going to be talking about getting spiritually fit because our um, series that we're looking at is called Gearing for Growth. When we looked at our vision for St Paul's last year, one of the encouraging things, and I found this very encouraging, was that people here said they wanted to grow in their faith. They wanted to get spiritually fitter. And so growing became one of our three key themes. Now, I'm sure you know the other two, but I'm going to test you anyway, because they were mentioned at the beginning of the service, so you should have got them. What are the other two things? Praying and connecting. And I think those are going to be looked at in a couple in the next few weeks. Um, we're thinking about growing today, and I think when people said they wanted us to grow, I think they perhaps were looking at growing in different ways. We want to grow this church with more people meeting with Jesus. We want to grow this church outwards to reach different groups of people, different age groups. But really the aspect we're looking at today is about us growing. Each individual, each one of us growing in our faith, growing into the people that God wants us to be. And this is my particular concern because I have a special responsibility for growing disciples in St Paul's, trying to find ways to help us grow as Christians. So it isn't physical flabbiness I want to concentrate on today, but spiritual flabbiness. How do we get more spiritually fit? So we're going to have our Bible reading and see what St Paul says about it. And um, because we start in the middle of a passage here, you know it's getting ready, but um, I just want to say a little bit about where, where this is. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you wanted to get a Bible, it's on page 1151. The Bibles are at the edge. And... This, what we're coming into here is part of a bigger discussion that Paul is having with the church in Corinth. It is really about what sort of freedom we have as Christians and whether we should ever limit that freedom for the sake of others. And if you're in a life group, you'll probably be looking at that a little bit more um, during our session this week. But in the course of that discussion, Paul reveals quite a lot about himself, about his calling to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, about the effect that calling has on the way he leads his life, his choices, his motivations, his longings, and his self-discipline. Come on, Hila, come and read this to us. Though I am free and belong to no one, 
I avail myself of slaying to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I am myself not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I might share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Thank you. There is an awful lot in that passage, but I am just going to pick out two tips from Paul's life, two things he mentions here that seem important in his Christian growth. And the first thing is um, something that was mentioned about our motivation and our calling. So I want to start with the fundamentals, really. We have all been called by God. God knows us and God loves us. Jesus died to save us and to give us a fresh start. We are called by him, chosen by him, and if we say yes to him, we belong to him and are filled with his spirit. I hope you all agree with that. And he calls us for a purpose. God is outside time, which is impossible really for us to comprehend. And I think when he looks at us, he sees the end from the beginning. He knows what each of us can become in him. So perhaps when he looks at us, he sees something like this on the video for each one of us. Thank you. 
comes to 56 in, a few, in one minute. And it's sort of like, you know, you're becoming your mother or you're becoming your father, isn't it? Um, but perhaps when God looks at us, that is sort of what he sees. He sees the potential we have. He sees the person we could become in him. When you look at how Jesus called those first disciples, you can see that from the start, he sees them both as they are, he knows them inside out, there's no pretending, but he also sees them as they could be, what they could become in him. Peter, a big man, talkative, leader of the pack, but volatile, easily provoked, up and down. You will be my rock, Jesus says to Peter. On you I will build my church. You will be the shepherd of my sheep. Paul, a clever man, full of zeal and energy, but following the wrong track, blind to the truth. This is the man to take my truth to the Gentiles. I will open his eyes, says the Lord, and he will preach my gospel to the Jews and the Gentiles. So I wonder what your calling is, your purpose is in God. What is the potential that God sees in you? There is a lot of use of the word destiny nowadays. Do you think you have a destiny? Now I think often it's used in a rather fatalistic way, which is not helpful. But I do think God has a destination for each one of us. A plan and a purpose for us and a potential that he has put within us. Now think again about Paul, whose words we just heard read. He was the perfect person for the role God gave him. Now it didn't seem like he was the perfect person to start off with. He started out as a great enemy of Jesus and the church. But once he met with Jesus, once God turned him round, all that intellectual wisdom and that knowledge of the Bible that he had used to refute Christianity could be used to stand up for it and teach those early Christians. And as he said in that passage, um, to a Jew he could talk like a Jew. And um, because he was born a Jew and he could speak their language. To the Gentiles, he could speak like a Gentile. He understood their thinking as well. He had been born a Roman citizen. He was the perfect person, the perfect fit to be a bridge between those two cultures. And that bridge enabled the gospel to pass over. And the same is true of you and me. You are the perfect person for the task that God has called you to. You have a unique background and heritage. You have a unique set of gifts and skills, human ones and God-given ones. You have a unique network of family and friends and work colleagues, most of whom don't yet know Jesus. You have a unique set of experiences that have refined you and made you the person you are. God has been preparing you for such a time as this.
God has chosen you and placed you and prepared you and empowered you. Paul was so aware of God's calling on his life that he said he felt compelled, compelled to preach the gospel. What about us? Are we all that clear, that sure? Do we know what God wants us to be and do? If I asked you, do you know the purpose that God has for you? What is his calling on your life? Would you be able to answer? Are there dreams we've had in the past that we have put on the back burner? Are there words from God that have been said to us, said over us, that are yet to be fulfilled? One definition of growing as a Christian is becoming the person God wants you to be. So perhaps that is your challenge for today. Ask God to show you what he wants you to become in him. The second thing I want to pick up from Paul is that living out this calling is not always easy. With Paul, right from the start, Jesus says that he will know suffering, and there was. There was rejection, there was physical hardship, there was imprisonment, there was persecution. Now we here may not be called to face all of those, but growing into the person God wants us to be and doing what God wants us to do may not be easy. And this is where Paul uses the picture of the athlete. The athlete trains to win the prize, Paul says. In order to do that, he or she has to give up quite a lot. Things other people take for granted. Not just chocolate, which is the first thing that comes to my mind, but sleep, time with family, the comforts of life. Paul is saying that if we put God as the priority in our lives, we might have to give up some things. Paul, um, earlier in that passage, mentions that he has had to sacrifice having a family and a home for Jesus. And others here, I'm sure, could talk about the impact on their career, or their money, or their time that following Jesus has made. We would often find it tough to keep going when no one is watching and the glamour seems to have gone. If you are a Christian, you are running to win, says Paul. You want to achieve all that God has for you, and you want to put God first in your life. And the promise is this, all who have sacrificed anything or given up anything for Jesus' sake will receive so much more in return. A hundred times more, Jesus says. So, I am wondering if this is what God wants us to hear today. Perhaps we are good at the dreaming, but not so good at the doing. I know that is really true of me. Perhaps you are, um, like me, naturally a drifter rather than a planner and need to build structure and purpose into your spiritual life to have more of a framework around you. Some of you quite rightly said 
that that would help me with my physical fitness to have a framework, to have encouragement, to have a structure. Perhaps you just need to take it all more seriously. Is today the day to take one step forward in your spiritual life? And of course, I don't know what that one step might be for you. But God knows your next step. And it may not be a very big step, but it might be an important step. He knows where you have been stuck or on a plateau. He knows where there are blockages and difficulties and fears. So one step forward for some of you might be to open the Bible and try and read it regularly. And there are books and apps and all sorts of things to help you with that. And why don't you ask somebody after the service what they have found helpful? Because reading the Bible is about getting to know God and allowing his words to change you. It's not just a task, a tick box, a thing that you've got to do. It is about aligning yourself with God's thinking and heart and making his longings your longings. Or God might be saying something about praying. Perhaps God is saying that now would be a good time for to find someone to pray with regularly. <coughs> praying in twos or threes perhaps with some coffee and even cake thrown in, can be very powerful. One of the visions we have for this church is that all of us will eventually be in a small group like that, of some sort, where we can grow together, support each other, and be accountable to each other. And that could start now. Or your one step forward might be to get involved in something new this year, perhaps something that is new to you, or perhaps something really new that you know God wants you to start up? Is there something that will stretch you spiritually, surprise you, take you out of where you feel comfortable? On New Year's Day, I went on a zip wire for the first time. And um, I am somebody who is not physically brave at all. I had to overcome an almost paralyzing fear I stood on the edge a long time before I could step off. What feels like stepping off the edge for you? Is there something that niggles at you, but you feel scared to even consider it? Is there something that excites you, but you're worried about the time and commitment it might take? At a meeting on, up here on Wednesday, we were considering how we grow as Christians, and most people testified that they felt that they had grown more when they really had to step out and trust God. So take that crazy idea, that persistent thought, that longing, and bring it to God. If you want to then talk it over with me or Tom or anyone else, please do. That might make it more concrete and help you to know how it fits into the bigger picture of what God is doing here. Okay, we've looked at quite a lot. I'm just going to pause a moment to pray. What is God saying to us today as a church? What is God saying to you today?
Because I wanted to push myself today and take myself out of a place where I feel comfortable, I've asked God for some words of knowledge for people today about growth. This is one of the things that I'm trying to learn about at the moment, of words of knowledge. So if any of these words mean something to you, then I think that it does mean that God wants you to move forward in that area today. Um, we're going to have some time to pray together in a minute, and during that time I will stand over there by the door, and I'd be happy to pray with you if one of these words is for you. And the three things I had were, someone afraid to fly. Then just the words, walk the dog. I don't know what that means. And the third one was a picture of a country lane. And as you go, you can't see where you're going, but as soon as you get round the corner, there's a lovely view. If any of those mean anything to you, we'll pray about them in a minute. Okay, we're coming into land now, Jeff. You'll be um, at the 9am service this morning, we looked at what Jesus said about us growing in the faith. Um, and we looked at Jesus' words rather than Paul. And interestingly, it is not a list of things to do or things not to do. Jesus, Jesus doesn't say that in order to be a good Christian, you have got to live in a certain way or obey certain rules or even pray or read the Bible daily or go to church on Sundays. Ultimately, he says, our responsibility is to be open and available and obedient to God. And then God does all the rest. And Jesus uses the picture of the vine and the branches. And I'm just going to finish by reading um, this passage. And the um, music team, you might like to come up and, at this point to get ready. So this is what Jesus said. Uh, we will read this and then have a little bit of silence. Then I'll read a, a poem or a prayer and then we will go into music. Jesus said, live in me. Make your home in me just as I don't do in you. In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Father shows who he is. When you produce fruit, when you mature as my disciples. Let's pray together. And I'm just going to read a poem and then we'll go into some music. 
We'll be partners, you and I. We'll work on it together. I have chosen you to be one of the fruitful ones, to blossom and bud and flower and fruit, to share my life with others. This is how it works. You stay close to me, keep holding on to me, and I give you my life. It will course through your veins, it will light up your mind, it will change you from the inside out, and then you can carry it, carry it out into the world. Wherever you walk, you will bring me there. Where it is dark, you will be light. Whatever you build can be for the kingdom, not just for now, something to stand forever. Whatever you say can be my words, words that set others free. We can do this together if you want to. Just follow me and stay close. Allow yourself to grow. Let me fill you full. Listen hard and hear me speak. Say yes and go. Go where I send you. I have planned so much for us to do together. Will you come? <laughs>